seriously popular. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mate, a man has actually been arrested after the Arsenal-Manchester United game at the weekend for allegedly headbutting Roy Keane. Anything like that ever happened to you? Um, what, has somebody tried to attack me before in a, in a hotel bar? Yes. I've, uh, I've had, a, I've had a death threat. I've had a, a car mount the pavement and career towards me, uh, before I've been abused quite badly. I'd say possibly three times over the years on, uh, on aeroplane by, uh, by, by mobs. Uh, but there's not a lot you can do about it. Is the, you know, I think that, um, you know, essentially, I broadcast in a, in a way where I try to be honest. Not everybody agrees with uh, with my opinion, but uh, I think you'll know this yourself. I think as a as a broadcaster, you have to have thick skin. So all of those things we should clarify have happened post playing. That all those things that you mentioned have happened during your time as a broadcaster. And I presume, and tell me if I'm wrong, that those incidents have all been related to your your role as a, a pundit on Scottish football? Uh, well, not not all of them. No, I mean, you know, England isn't exempt. But but it, it, in the main, I mean, you know, we all know the rivalry between um, between Celtic and uh, and Rangers and, you know, people uh, often haven't agreed with, uh, with my opinions. But, you know, what happened to Roy Keane and, uh, you know, the some of the things which happen... Uh, or have happened to me. I mean, there's no place for that, you know, uh, you know, in, in society. But these things happen maybe with uh, the emergence of social media. I think things have got worse. I'm on social media. I know you're on social media as well. Um, and I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty brutal place, isn't it? Where you do have to have, I think, exceptionally thick skin. And, and I mean, I, I don't know how you use social media. It's an interesting one. Sometimes, or most of the things I would say I post on social media are tongue in cheek. And some people understand that and, and some people don't. But it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very, very strange place. Social media can be a very, 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 very unpleasant place. And I certainly get my share of abuse on there. However, just to, just to rewind, social media abuse is one thing, but a death threat, having a car driven at you on a pavement, abuse on an aeroplane, that's a totally new level. That's, that's a totally new level of activity that, and I can't imagine how you must have dealt with that. Um, well, I mean, you know, the, <laughs> There's not many options, is there, how you deal with it, with the death threat I reported it, uh, to the police, um, you know, with the abuse on an aeroplane. I just just sat through it, took it, 
got off at the other end. Um, it's you know what 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 can I do if I argue back if I shout back? Then you know essentially the way I see it, and everybody handles things differently. Essentially the way I see it, if I bite back, then uh, I've lost, haven't I? You know, and, and and done what exactly the mob want me to do in in terms of getting in a row with people. So you know the, the best thing to do is ignore, move on. Did the death threat come through the post? The death threat. Uh, Came, oh blimey! Where did the death threat come? Yeah, the, the the death threat came through the post, and I reported it uh, to the police in Scotland, and nothing nothing came of it. Any of these things ever made you consider the role that you that you that you play and the job that you now do? And has it ever made you think about your style and whether you need to be less critical, less honest? less uh objective tone it down sometimes not at all in terms of my style my style is is my style does it i mean the the, the concern for me would, would be the effect things have on my uh you know on my family I, you know i've mentioned social media being a really vitriolic place and you know there've been certain things which have been posted uh, you know about my uh, about my dad um who you know had dementia, which were upsetting. I try and be open and sort of upfront. Uh, I'm not on Instagram. I'm too old to be on Instagram, so I post a lot of things on Twitter. To be honest, Ian, most people I think uh, are nice, decent people. Understand what Twitter is, and you can have a bit of back and thought uh, and forth. Uh, and there is that, but the, it's it's society, isn't it? There, there's always that that minority of, uh, of of stupid people who who spoil it for for other people. But in terms of the way I uh, I broadcast, uh, you know, I, I have. Uh, my style, the style which I think is best. I think that you know I try and be open and honest and, and blunt. I don't get everything right. Uh, you know, of course, I don't. Nobody does get everything right. But um, you know, the most important thing is to say things when I'm a summariser as I, as I see them. I work in the media, and I have an obligation for the people to, to to work as hard as I possibly can for them and give my honest opinion. I have to say that I think your approach to it is incredibly uh, uh, level-headed, incredibly. Uh, uh, dignified in its own way and also quite brave because threats are threats whoever you are however tall you are you're six foot four i'm not <laughs> however tall you are threats are threats and um you know i think the way that you you've handled that is is terrific now one of the things that has been talked about recently about uh, punditry especially on television is the way that um some pundits and uh, actually roy Keane is probably not one of them but you could say maybe gary neville and jamie carragher uh, maybe Alan Shearer, maybe Ian Wright, are kind of positioned as being very, very close to the clubs that they played for. Uh, in 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 these circumstances, being Manchester United, Liverpool, Arsenal, New Newcastle. So now we have a situation where sometimes we have cameras um, in commentary boxes so that we can see the reaction of pundits when, in inverted commas, their teams score. Um, it seems to be something that plays well on social media, does well for, for clicks, etc. How do you feel that works as a for the for the pundits? And, and would you al- allow something like that? Would you be filmed in the in a commentary box? Have you ever been filmed in a commentary box whilst commentating on uh, Celtic or Norwich or, or or a club like that? I have been filmed in a commentary box for Five Live, ironically, but you know that it, it, it being radio. 
I I actually was was asked if I could be filmed uh, doing the Scottish Cup final, the League Cup final, um, alongside Ali McCoyster, and both of us said that we would feel uncomfortable doing that. You, you know, I, I said a, a, a couple of uh, moments ago. You know, my my role as a as a summariser is to go in and see the game as I see it, and uh, you know, and be as honest as I can. I do not celebrate. I mean, I was at Ibrox at the weekend. I do not celebrate uh, when Celtic score. I have never celebrated when Celtic score when I'm in a uh, in a commentary box. I don't think that's the you know the the right thing for me to do. Essentially, as a summariser, you're there to uh, you know to to work for your, uh, you know, paymasters and and to give a balanced view. And that's the way I see it. And I, I, I think it does become about, uh, you know, the camera in the commentary box. Some people may think that's okay. I, I, I feel slightly uncomfortable doing that. And I, I suppose the reason, one of the reasons I would feel uncomfortable doing that is um, is because I have an affiliation with Celtic. I mean, this can flip the other way. There, there may be Celtic fans who think, well, if I'm sitting in a commentary box and a camera's on me and uh, and somebody scores in the Scottish Cup final, the fact I don't celebrate that, uh, you know, I, I, I don't like the club. If you get, you know, if you if you get Madrid, I just think it yeah. all becomes a little bit sort of fan TV like, and you know, and for clicks, and that that's yeah. in my opinion, I understand why broadcasters do it, but that's not really the role we are there for, as far as I can see. Yeah. Uh, and and you you mentioned made the point yourself, and I will underline it that we're not for one minute suggesting that the people that we mentioned, Neville and Carragher and Shearer and Wright, and even our friend Micah Richards, or anything other than objective broadcasters, they really are. I mean, some of yeah. Gary Neville's criticism of Manchester United is among is possibly among the most intelligent, forensic, and passionate that you will ever listen to. Carragher's about- been really strong on uh, on Liverpool, hasn't he uh, this season? Oh, absolutely, uh, you know, over there's, the there's, summer. There's, that, yeah. I don't think we're suggesting, well, we're not suggesting that any of this impacts on their uh, quality, uh, their credibility uh, or objectivity of the of their broadcasting work. It's just whether it helps them with, when the people that they work for seem quite keen to set them up and, and market them as supporters mm-hmm. of the clubs that they played for. Anyway, it's a fascinating topic. We've been into it. Um, we'll get out, out of it and we'll move on, on to something else because this is always a, uh, a short and sharp show on a Thursday. Um, so Jordan Henderson tells us that he's gone to Saudi Arabia to grow the game. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I thought it was a really interesting interview, um, which he, you know, had with um, the athletic uh, David Ornstein and, uh, and, and Adam Crafton. I wondered what the sort of merits of the interview would, would be for him. I just think that he's there with the shovel and he's digging himself a bigger and and bigger hole. I think he should have just fronted up and uh, I know he's denied it and say he didn't go for the money. I mean, who's Jordan Henderson kidding in that respect? Well, if, if had he fronted up and just said that, do you know what? I think people would have understood and said, you know, that's his prerogative to do that. But you know, all the all the other stuff which has come uh, with it, as I said, I think he's just digging himself a bigger and bigger hole and, and doesn't sound believable. I suppose, Chris, the hole that Jordan has dug for himself relates to his previous support of the LGBTQ plus community and how this sits with him going to play in a country like Saudi Arabia. That is the problem. That is why he's talking, I think. That is the 
the situation he's trying to explain. And I think we can both agree he's not made a terribly good job of it. Now, one of the things that did fascinate me about the interview was more of a football nugget when Jordan explained that he left Liverpool, not for the money, he says, but because he didn't think he was going to be in Jurgen Klopp's plans. Jordan Henderson has never struck me as a type of footballer who would not want to hang around and fight for his place. Well, until now, I, I, I actually, you know, think that that's a, you know, that's a really valid point you make. It, it surprised me a little bit, the type of character I think we've all perceived Jordan to be over the years as, you know, a, a real fighter. Um, but, you know, the, the, the stuff he talked about, the conversation with, with Jurgen Klopp um, and, you know, not feeling valued. I don't get that. He was still under contract at Liverpool and maybe he just couldn't stomach the fight for his place up against, you know, the likes of McAllister and Zobersly. He went off to Saudi for the money, didn't he? That's that's essentially it. I don't know why he just doesn't stick to that and, and just say that and then I think everybody would, would understand it, you know. There are a couple of England uh, players who are in our Southgate squad for this weekend's game against Ukraine in Poland, who hardly play any football at all. Uh, we know who they are. They are Harry Maguire and uh, Manchester United and Calvin Phillips at Manchester City. Gareth tends to pick players not so much on on the on just on club form, but also on how they play for him. And in terms of Harry Maguire and Calvin Phillips, you could argue that they do perform for him. Maguire is getting some football. There's some injuries at Manchester United. Calvin Phillips, it's an extraordinary situation. Do you think he should be in the England squad, given that he gets almost zero minutes at Manchester City? No, no, absolutely not. And also the message which it sends to you know players like James Ward-Prowse, players who have started the season... Very, very well. I mean, he must think he's never, ever going to get an opportunity to uh, to play for England again. International break this weekend. Premier League four games in. Takes what lots of football fans in the country always think is a very, very early and premature uh, break for the internationals. But let's have a quick look back. So who's our manager of the month in the Premier League so far? Is it uh, Big Pep? Uh, big Davy Moyes or Big Ange? <laughs> big Pep. How do they're, they're all we, big compared to me. We, we they're all big compared to me. <laughs> we could have gone medium Pep, medium uh, Moyes, all medium Ange. over me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, Pep hasn't been on the bench for some of the games, so we can't we can't count him. David Moyes, uh, I get that, but it has to be Big Ange doesn't it? Just just for the whole, everybody's perception about Tottenham now. And in such a short space of time, there's only one winner. And only because if it wasn't for big hands, I sometimes wonder what you and I would actually talk about. Now, we have been doing a bit of a, uh, a poll amongst our YouTube viewers about uh, the Tottenham manager and whether uh, people out there would have the courage to call Ange Postacoglu by the nickname that Chris and I like to, which is Big Ange. So if you feel you've got the courage to do that to his face when you don't know him, which Chris says that I shouldn't have, go to our YouTube channel where you can watch this. You can watch uh, bits and pieces from our Monday It's All Kicking Off show and also add to the 1,500 people who've already uh, placed a vote um, in that particularly uh, silly uh, competition. Uh, Mate, that is it. Thanks for being with me again. Um, I'll see you on Monday.
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.